Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited uh, to introduce Miller Lee uh, this morning uh, to have her share with us about her ministry. Uh, she's currently the ministry director at University Christian Mission uh, Ministries uh, at SFU, and also to have Janet Wang. Uh, she's a student at SFU and will be sharing her story as well uh, as her with her involvement at UCM. And I remember having coffee with Millie at Starbucks uh, by the Grandview and Rupert location. Uh, I believe that's the one we were met at. And just hear her story and hear her heart for God and for campus ministry and just being astounded and so encouraged by uh, what she's doing uh, here in Vancouver and how God's using her specifically at SFU. Uh, Millie and, U and UCM is uh, one of the organizations that we support as a church uh, too, so that makes it particularly special to have her join us and to share uh, how God's at work uh, in her life and also uh, up at SFU. Um, Millie was born uh, and raised in Hong Kong and she came to Vancouver as, interna in, as an international student about 10 years ago and she came back to Vancouver, or maybe she stayed in Vancouver, I'm not too sure, to go into the Masters in Biblical Languages at Regent. Uh, and she, around that time, started with the Campus Missionary Apprenticeship with UCM at SFU, and then went into full-time uh, in 2015. So um, when she's not doing ministry, she likes to try new recipes and go for walks with friends. Uh, so please uh, give a very warm LLC welcome, a virtual welcome uh, to Millie. Uh, say hi in the chat or click emoji or clap your hands or something <laughs> to welcome her. So Millie, want to pass the time over to you. Thanks, Pastor Doug. Um, yeah, I was an exchange student here at SFU in 2010, and I went back to Hong Kong, finished my degree, and then I came back and studied at Regent. Um, yeah, so almost 10 years now since I actually uh, was an exchange, uh, I mean, international student. Um, so yeah, nice to meet you all, Lord's Love Church. Uh, I'm just thankful for this opportunity, um, yeah, to get to share this message with you today. Um, yeah, hopefully you will know more about UCM and what we do at SFU, and hopefully by the end of this service, this sermon, uh, you will feel encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. Um, so yeah, one of our values in UCM um, is the culture of students leading students. Um, we value being a community um, who reproduce disciples of Jesus in all nations. Like everyone in UCM would expect to be led by students and to lead other students at some point um, in their years um, at SFU. But before we dive into this message, um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Um, I just thank you for this time that I um, get to share um, with Lord's Love Church, God, and I just thank you for this church community. Um, yeah, for the things that they do, the ministry that they do. Um, yeah, God, and I just pray that as I share this message, uh, they get to hear from you directly. Um, yeah, that you will speak through me um, to each one of them. Um, so that they can um, learn more about you and your kingdom work and um, how you've created them to do your kingdom work. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so yeah, there are three aspects um, or, or to this culture of discipleship that we are fostering in UCM. Um, the first one is making disciple makers. Um, as you can tell, this UCM value is very much based on the Great Commission um, given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission is the natural and um, logical outflow of our love for God and for other people. Like when we love God and have experienced his love for us, uh, we will want other people to experience the same thing. Um, so often, though, the church emphasizes maybe a little bit too much on the baptizing them parts of the um, Great Commission and forgets what comes after, teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded us. Like this overemphasis can create a culture of conversion in the church. Like we all know that baptism is just the beginning of our spiritual journey. Like after someone has um, made their decision to follow Jesus and get baptized, they need to be taught to obey God. Um, and this is what we often call discipleship. Um, so what does discipleship look like? Um, who is a disciple? Disciple is a fancy word for student follower, apprentice. Um, when we think about student-teacher relationship nowadays, um, it is about mostly about information, right? Like using the university as an example, um, a professor uh, teaches um, their students what he or she thinks um, the students need to know about a subject, like, I don't know, psychology, ba basics 101 or whatnot. Um, however, the way people learned in Jesus' time was a little bit different from today. A disciple, a student follower, um, got more than just information. They experienced personal transformation um, as they learned from their master teacher. The way they think and see the reality would be changed. Um, and to get to that level of learning, a disciple would follow their teacher around and see how he act in different scenario and different situation. Um, they were probably in conversation constantly with him as well. So Jesus had 12 disciples, well know, whom he kept really close. They followed him from place to place and lived life with him. Um, and they got to get close to Jesus and ask him follow questions about his teachings. And you know what? If you call yourself a Christian, you are a disciple of Jesus. Now you're probably thinking, but, you know, the 12 disciples were literally following Jesus around. So how can we learn from Jesus nowadays? Um, there are two ways um, that can help us follow Jesus today. Um, the Holy Spirit and other Christians. Um, Jesus promised in Acts that he would send his spirit to his disciples when he was leaving this physical world. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, now lives in every Christian and speaks to us the thoughts of God so that we can communicate and build a, an intimate relationship with God. And I, I were to talk about how the Holy Spirit works in us, like I could spend a whole sermon or even a whole sermon series on it. Um, but today, I just want to focus more on how Christians can help each other follow Jesus. And we can learn about that from Paul. Paul is very, very passionate about making disciples to the point that he compares his 
agony over the maturity of the church to the labor pains of a mother giving birth. He says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Learning from Jesus' style of discipleship, Paul invested in individuals to make disciples. He knew that speaking to an audience like what I'm doing now was not enough for people's growth in their faith. Um, he encouraged Timothy to make disciples in a more personal way in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What Paul is saying here is that what he taught Timothy, Timothy was to teach others who would then teach others, right? This is what we call a discipleship, discipleship tree in UCM. It's kind of like a family tree, you know, where to make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. And it goes on and on, hopefully with multiplication. Um, we do one-on-one discipleship in our small groups and all small group leaders have committed at least two hours a week to invest in individual students and walk alongside them in their faith. I'm really thankful for that. And my coworkers and I meet with these student leaders one-on-one as well. Like we're intentionally creating um, this chain of disciples, making disciples. And today I have invited Janet here to share her discipleship experience in UCM. Hey, Janet, can you share with us what your first year in UCM was like? Thanks, Billy. Um, I guess for those who don't really know me, my name is Janet, and I currently lead small groups at UCM. Um, to begin with, someone by the name of Matt or Matthew brought me to the weekly Tuesday night fellowships that UCM holds. Um, during this time, I've never been to any sort of campus ministry or had just started going back to church. Um, funny thing is, Millie remembered me as a girl who brought cup noodles to the very first TNF because I felt bad eating their food because I didn't pay for it. Um, but yeah, she remembered me as just someone who was eating instant noodles in the corner. Um, but after a couple weeks of Tuesday night fellowship, I decided to go to Emerge, which is their yearly retreat that they hold. And I arrived at this retreat as someone who is really just exploring her faith and not someone who would really consider myself Christian. Um, however, through this retreat, I kind of felt God uh, welcoming me to build this relationship with him. And I felt like a sense of um, home or welcomed. Um, from there, I built a stronger community within UCM and joined CORE, which is um, UCM's form of small group. Uh, for the very first time, um, a friend and I got closer together during a merge. Her name is Caroline, and she ended up being one of my small group leaders. Um, we had weekly one-on-one -on -one sessions when she was there to answer any questions, hear any concerns, and hold me accountable to my goals and the struggles I had. Um, she welcomed me into her church that she attended, the fellowship she was a part of, and the friendships she had. Uh, whenever I had struggles or low points in my week, either about faith or school, I always felt comfortable bringing it up to her during my one-on-ones. Um, I'm still really close with her today, and I actually talked to her this morning about her dog being scared of a cat. <laughs> I don't really know why, 
but the impact she had on my life and my my faith led me to kind of want to be a core leader myself. She also strongly suggested it. Um, but personally, I have only led core online myself. Um, in the past few semesters that I have led, I had already had the opportunity to listen to a lot of people's stories and see them grow in their own faith. And many of them have co-led with me uh, multiple weeks. And some of them have actually started serving within UCM. Uh, one that stands out to me is Esther. She was the very first person I had one-on-ones with. Um, I heard about her journey and talked about random topics such as the importance of church and spiritual friendships and classes and babies. <laughs> and I ended up co-leading with her a couple of weeks and she's currently still attending CORE. Uh, she has her own story to tell and I really hope that she finds the opportunity to do so because it has been really encouraging for me and many others to see her grow alongside of me. Um, through this, I guess I was really able to see God placing someone in my life and how he was able to use them and how he was able to use me in other people's lives as well. So yeah, that's that, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Janet. <laughs> um, yeah, like I met with Caroline, I think a few years before she started meeting with Janet. So technically Janet is my spiritual granddaughter. I'm the grandma in this relationship. Um, yeah. Um, and like, honestly, even though Janet mentioned me remembering her as the girl who ate instant noodles, like there's like a general absence of what I did in her first years, um, first year in um, UCM. So like, I, I just love that, you know, it's not really me like leading her closer to Jesus and being more involved with UCM, it is Caroline. And then Janet um, leading Esther, you know, I, I just love that in her story. And you know what, let's be honest, pastors cannot possibly invest into everyone in the church, right? Like even Jesus did not invest his time in every single disciple that he had. Um, yeah, when he was on earth, like he had the twelve that he lived life with. And then he paid even closer attention to Peter, John, and James. Um, and I believe that the church needs a shift of perspective when we read the Great Commission. This command is just not for us, but also for those we invest our time and energy in. Um, we are teaching them to go make disciples who will go make disciples. And so, yeah, let me encourage you today to ask God um, who you you can pour your time and energy into and who is someone that you can maybe reach out to and ask them to pour into you kind of like find your Paul and find your Timothy um yeah discipleship can help you know God's heart to see how he has created you um, for his kingdom purpose in UCM, we want to create opportunities to equip students uh, with different giftings to lead and serve in our community. So the second aspect of this um, culture of discipleship is empowering leaders. Um, UCM may not look like a traditional church, but we are still the body of Christ, right? No matter how gifted my coworkers are, the, the staff is not running the show in UCM and it should never be that way. It was amazing. I, I'm really thankful that we had over 25 student leaders last school year, despite everything being online. I haven't even counted those that were serving in a not on official capacity. 
um, for a ministry that has around like 60 students who come regularly, I think that is a really high leader to non-leader ratio. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where could the body, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Like we believe that that's what it's like in the church, in UCN, in your church, right? We believe that our students have all the gifts that we need to propel the ministry to reach the campus. And again, we can learn from Paul in how he empowered Timothy in church leadership. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Paul was giving Timothy the authority to command and teach the Ephesian church, even though there were authority figures in the church who were older than him. And most, I believe most, if not all of you here can relate. We're from an Asian culture, right? In the culture back then, even like in Jesus' time, in Paul's time, where elders were highly regarded. This is a very, so what Paul was saying to Timothy is a very significant encouragement for Timothy. And nowadays for us also in the Western culture, a person with high education level, with a lot of knowledge, is probably as highly regarded as the elders back then. And maybe some of you here have the heart and gifts to pour into your church community, but then you're hesitant to step into a leadership role, um, probably because like, you don't know if you have enough knowledge about the Bible or theology um, or like the skills that you think you need to have. And some of the UCM students feel the same way, um, but we want to change that mindset knowledge or education does not really make someone a good leader. It can be helpful, you know, when someone asks you a question about the Bible or doing Bible study, but it is not one of the criteria for leadership. The desire to learn and grow, I believe, is way more important in the leader. And Paul probably saw some other valuable qualities in Timothy as well, like his loyalty, his integrity. Giving Timothy the authority to teach despite his youth is empowerment. It shows that he believed, Paul believed in Timothy. As my coworkers and I learning to pass um, more responsibilities to the students, we are constantly amazed by what, like the wonderful job that they do. And whenever I think about empowering students, I would recall this quote that I heard um, when I was six months into my apprenticeship in UCM. I went to this national conference um, on campus ministry in Ontario. Um, and during one of the sharing sessions, um, um, this lady, Tammy, who works in University of Manitoba said um, that the, at the beginning of her, her ministry there, she asked the students two questions. What is your dream for the campus? And how can I help you achieve that? That has um, significantly shaped the way I think about ministry. These two questions are the outflow of the discipleship culture in UCM, and even discipleship culture in general. Like we want to help students achieve the dreams and visions that God has given them. 
And no matter what strategies I use to equip students at the end of the day, all their dreams and visions will only come true with the empowerment of the spirit, right? We hope to help students discern through one-on-one discipleship whether their dream for the campus is truly from God and how the Holy Spirit is guiding them to move forward. By God's power and guidance, we can all live out the dreams and calling that he has for us in this season of our lives. So let me encourage you um, to start by asking, what is the dream that God has put in your heart for your church, um, for your workplace, for your school, or even for your family and friends? Working alongside God is honestly my favorite part of ministry. Um, And I want you to get to experience that as well. On top of empowering students to lead on campus, UCM also wants to see them succeed in living out their calling beyond university. The third aspect of our discipleship culture is impacting the world. In Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses the metaphors of salt and light to describe the influence that his disciples should have in the world. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Salt was a basic and necessary item in the ancient culture. It was used as a preservative, as a seasoning, as a purifier. Salt makes food last longer, taste better. You have to add salt to something for it to work. What I mean is that, you know, if you put a spoonful of salt in your mouth, it doesn't taste good right? But when you put a dash of salt in your food, it enhances its flavor. For those of you who are bakers like me, you would know that we even put salt in desserts. With this analogy, therefore, disciples must go into the world to live out our mission and be careful not to lose our distinct purpose in the world. So stay salty, the good and godly kind of salty. Jesus also says that disciples are the light of the world. Light helps people see. We are to be like lamps on the lampstand and let our light shine by doing good so that people will give praise to God. Salvation does not come from good deeds because Jesus has already saved us on the cross. Rather, salvation allows good deeds. What I mean is that as we are secured in the love of our God, we can love other people well. When a non-believer sees that following Jesus leads to a a life of loving well, they will praise not the disciples, not us, but the Father in heaven. Our loving good deeds point others to God and allow them to see God. That's how we can glorify God. And now you may wonder, 
what does being salt and light look like in my daily life? How should I live to point, Jesus, point people to Jesus? I would recommend you to read Sermon on the Mount, honestly, from Matthew chapter 5 to 7. That's where Jesus um, teaches his disciples, teaches us how to live counterculturally in the world. As Christians, we need to understand what it means to live in the world, but not of the world. Even though the context of UCM is the university, students' influence is beyond that. We want them to bring what they have learned and experienced in campus ministries about following Jesus to their part-time job, to their co-op, uh, to their family, even to their church. The personal transformation that students experience um, as a disciple in UCM will hopefully change the trajectory of their life. One day when they graduate from SFU, they all are going to become leaders in the society. Like Matt and Pastuda can attest to that. They're all leaders, right? Like the decisions that they have to make in their job will have an impact on others, like their clients, like their coworkers, like you guys. We want to develop in students this mindset of making disciples of all nations, even when they are still in university. So by the time when they leave SFU and leave UCM, they will be so used to this culture, this mindset, that they can be change agents in their workplaces and in their family. Seeing students impacting the world is the dream that my coworkers and I have. And I trust that Pastor Doug has the same dream too when he prays for you guys. Like he wants to see you bring what you've experienced in Lord's Love Church to your school, to your job, to your friends and family. It is not easy to live on mission in your daily life. But remember that you have a church community who has your back. Um, every week when you come to a small group or a fellowship or Sunday service, share with one another the challenges that you face as a disciple in the world so you can be understood and encouraged. I want you to remember that you are not alone in this mission. So to wrap up today's message, um, after sharing about the discipleship culture in UCM, I hope you feel encouraged and challenged in your faith journey. As followers of Jesus, you are to make disciple makers by continually investing in others' lives. When God puts a dream, a vision in your heart, for your community remember that and trust that he can empower you and he will work alongside you to make it come true just remember that you can and should impact the world around you by pointing people to jesus through loving them well let's pray dear god i'm just thankful um, for you and um, your spirit, Lord. I pray that you would continue to guide us and encourage us and empower us um, to live out your kingdom purpose, God. Help us see how you have created us um, for your um, kingdom and for this church, Lord. And God, I pray that um, you can start helping us see 
who are some people that, um, yeah, we can invest our time into and energy into um, so that we can both, we can grow together um, to be closer to you and um, yeah, to be more like you, that we can spur each other on like what you are teaching us in the Bible, Lord. Um, yeah, I just pray for blessings upon, upon um, Lord's Love Church as they're moving back um, to their church building. God, I pray that you continue to use them in the neighborhood there and continue to use them in their workplaces and schools and yeah, whatever communities that are a part of Lord. Um, and also, yeah, Panda Sport, God. I just pray that, yeah, you would really use them um, for your kingdom and that they can glorify you through um, loving well, loving others well. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. Um, I want to quickly share some prayer requests. If you guys can pray for us as well, that'd be great. Um, yeah, like, as you know, campus is closed right now, but it's hopefully going to be open in September. Um, so we'll be transitioning back um, in September. So please pray for us as we're moving back um, to in-person gatherings and pray for our students who may um, ex may have experienced grief and anxiety in the pandemic and um, how we can support them, I guess, as a community on campus. And yeah, remember us in your prayers. Um, and thanks again. <laughs>